I, I quickly tweeted, hey, Air Canada, uh, could you do me a favor and just count the number of seats on a plane and sell only that amount of tickets? That'd be good if you, if you need help. My eight-year-old can count to like way past 200, right? So, and then I'm, and then again, the, the, the three names get called, the last three names uh, get called, and I'm one of them. So up we go, and they go, okay, well, we need, uh, we need, uh, we've oversold the flight. And I'm like, what? She goes, we've oversold the flight. I go, what? She goes, we're full. I go, full. She goes, full, full. I said, what do you mean full? She goes, we're full. And then she starts talking to me like I'm in the slow learning class, right? She was like, <laughs> we're full. <laughs> full. And I couldn't resist. I go, of? She goes, what, is, what does full mean to you? I said, well, <laughs> I eat a lot of food. Look at me, right? <laughs> I, hey, especially Christmas time, I get full. I get full. I'm full. I'm full. I, I eat as much. I can't eat anymore. There's no way I can fit anything else out. And I look over, <gasps> chips, and I can take at least two more. I can, put two, I can put two more in. Can you put two more in? Can you do that? Can you put two more on? More on. More on. More on. <laughs> Can comedian Big Daddy Taz answer 100 questions within five minutes to win the Manitoba money shot? All this plus Road Dates 2022 on this week's episode called Big Daddy Taz Shoots on Electric Avenue. Now what's this guy doing up here in Manitoba? Manitoba. 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 It's the Manitoba Money Shot Podcast. With me, Ronald George Moore. Get ready, Manitoba, because 2022 is bringing you the Manitoba Money Shot live in rural Manitoba. We're packing up the show and hitting the road in May. Tickets only $20 each, $15 if you come as your favorite town. Check out these dates. May 2nd, Headingley, Cougar's Burger Bar. May 3rd, Oak Bluff, Footsie's Diner. May 4th, Sanford at the Cheeky Donkey. May 5th, Brunkild, Farmer Geddon's Pub. May 6th, Barnsley, Corny Island. May 7th, Elm Creek, Dawn of the Bread Bakery. May 9th, Starbuck, Court of Queen's Brunch. May 10th, Eli, Plain James Cafe and Candles. May 11th, Poplar Point, Something's Fishy. May 12th, Warren, Robins with Two B's Donuts. Not affiliated with Robins Donuts. May 13th, Lundar, The Antique. Dump. May 14th, Inwood, Barney's Birthday Barnyard. May 17th, Winnipeg Beach at Drink Drank Drunks. May 18th, Scantaberry, Frank's Fast Gas and Toilet. May 19th, Lactabani, Old McDonald's. May 20th, White Mouth, Piddle Paddles Resort. May 21st, East Braintree, Al's One Pin Bowling. May 24th, Richer, Forklarama. May 25th, St. Mallow, Chicken and Cigarettes. May 26th, in Gretna, Terry's House of Teabag. May 27th, Schazenfeld, the Mennonite Mashup. May 28th, in LaSalle, Pierogi Palace. And May 31st, in Howden, the Royal Winnipeg Buffet. Hope to see you there. Yes, opening bit done. Okay, so uh, welcome to the show. It's Mantle Money Show Podcast. My name is Ron George Moore. Cut the music. Okay, Big Daddy Taz, you heard him at the beginning of the show, longtime comedian in the prairies, what a thrill to speak with him, and if you want to see him live, his next dates are at the Winnipeg Comedy Festival, May 6th, Laughing with the Stars is a gala that he hosts, and May 8th he will be performing on CBC's The Debaters, live, and you can check the information at winnipegcomedyfestival.com, and all things bat, Big Daddy Taz, the Bipolar Buddha at BigDaddyTaz.com, there's links to his Facebook and Twitter, and Tazzy Reads, his YouTube channel is Big Dazzy, Big Dazzy, Big Daddy Taz, thanks for listening, love you, bye! We're rolling! Yeah, we're rolling. A round of applause from one person <laughs> listening. <laughs> the virtual reality applause. Big Daddy Taz. Big Daddy Taz. Thank you for doing the show. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing fine. You know, the snow's all gone. The weather's a little nicer. So actually, the snow is coming, though, tonight. I hear the snow's supposed to come again tonight. The whole winter has been minus 50 with breaks warm enough just to snow. That's all the winter has been, right? Exactly. I want it to snow all year now. This this winter is brought to you by Pfizer and Eli Lilly, the bringer of <laughs> great depressive medication, right? Right. Uh, you obviously have a, a, a lot of years under your belt doing stand-up. Is it 30? 30 years? 
30 years doing stand-up this past year. I just had my 30th, uh, November 21st of 2021 was my uh, the 30th year to the day to the hour, pretty much, I was on stage when I first stepped on 30 years ago. Wow, wow. And where were you the first time you stepped on stage to do stand-up? I was at Billy Bob's in Red Deer, Alberta, opening for uh, a fellow by the name of Brian Cox and another fellow by the name of Kenny Robinson, who uh, is a Winnipeg icon as well, old Kenny. Uh, oh, yeah. And uh, they both treated me beautifully, and I uh, made $25. Wow. So it was a bit of a step up, uh, step up 30 years later. Where were you performing at your 30th anniversary? Uh, we rented the Park Theatre. Eric and, and the guys at the Park Theatre put on a, a great show for us. And it was oversold out. There were people just standing and it was fantastic. And I still made $25. <laughs> That's all right. At least it didn't go down. Nope, it didn't you know? go down. It was most the most money I made during the pandemic, pretty much. <laughs> nice, yeah. That's that must have been hard. The uh, pandemic was really hard on everybody. I mean, it was it was hard for anybody, but the entertainment industry for sure was. Uh, there was a lot of uh, you know a lot of uh, no crowds, no no crowds, no work. Really, is the way it was, and I had to learn to listen with my eyes when we were doing. Uh, zoom shows everybody goes oh, i don't want to do a zoom show i mm -hmm. I'll just i want i need to make people laugh that's what makes my heart happy right 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 so uh within a you know it's it's hard within a month to lose basically two years worth of work plus going to schools and plus my not only my uh my comedy world but my uh, mental health world as well right i'm a, a national spokesperson for uh, mental health so i toured yeah. north america and all that stopped right i mean it was it was it was a it was a cruel trick that the universe played on everybody especially i mean it, with me it was going to be the best month i'd ever had in my entire life uh, yeah, followed yeah. by the next best month i ever had in my entire life and some tv stuff was coming about and i started a couple of companies that i was really happy about with a couple of my other passions and and then uh you know march 8th people go well, we're just going to take a little break. And then March 15th, we're going to take a longer break. And then March 20th, you're fired from yeah. everything you think you're going to do. And, wow. and this year, it's been a lot of uh, a lot of people phoning and saying, hey, we gave you a deposit. Is that still good? And I said, of course it is. Right. Of course, I'm not going to take your money, not do a show. So this next week, next couple of weeks, is just jammed with shows. And I'm, I'm happier, right? I'm so, so happy. So it's awesome. Well, let's. Uh, what I like to do is we like to. I like to go back to the very beginning of, of Big Daddy Taz, who you were as a kid. Oh, Where were you born? Lovely, it was a lovely moonlit night. Night, my mom said, and they, mom and dad, were. Uh, oh, how didn't know how. <laughs> Not that young. <laughs> how, how far back do you want to go? Because we just we're talking like. Uh, I'm point of entry. Sure. Point of entry. <laughs> I'll put the root and rudimentary. That's for sure. I don't know what entry is, but we'll try it. Sure. <laughs> Born in Regina, Saskatchewan, August 4th, 1967. I'm not going to tell you my PIN number, but that's pretty close to what you're going to get. It's uh, <laughs> writing it down. And so what was your mother's maiden name? And uh, born in Regina, moved to Saskatoon when I was very young, lived in Saskatoon for many, many years. You ran away from home? I uh, I actually didn't run away from home. Funny you said that. I kind of did, but I did. It wasn't my idea. My my mom and dad decided uh, at fifteen I was too hard to handle. So uh, I uh, I came home one day and all my stuff was outside. That what was were it. you doing, Taz? What were you doing at fifteen years old? I was being me, and uh, I was a hard kid to deal with. Attention deficit disorder, depressive, an anxious kid, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, wasn't I wasn't uh, doing. Uh, nice things with and and uh, but my mom and dad were uh, they, they how do I say this nicely they're wonderful people people love them they were fantastic people yeah. uh, incredibly crappy parents right okay they, they didn't know they didn't have a great upbringing and uh, especially my pops and uh, so he didn't know he didn't know how to raise kids and and it was constant conflict and uh, just was on my own so I ended up. Uh, moving to a hotel that was uh was closed but was still owned by the restaurant i was working at and i ended up working full-time part-time and going to school so that's holy mother that's quite a load at that age uh, it was you know and i was and i and i was driving because i mean i didn't have my license but i i, I was delivering pizzas and stuff like that Saskatchewan. 
Right? You need a license in Saskatchewan? I don't know. It's the, uh, not when you're a farm kid, right? Yeah. So. so you're making bank at 15, you're delivering pizzas, making those tips and going to school. You're able to handle all that? I was working for a moving company. I was, I was, I was 15 years old, bouncing at a, bouncing at a quite a violent bar, uh, back in the day and, oh. and uh, delivering pizzas for the same restaurant that I was, uh, working on. I had, I had a couple of part-time jobs and a full-time job and, went to school the best that I could. And, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, I think that's why I am the way I am now, just a giant child with a, uh, because I, I kind of lost those years of my, of my childhood, right. I was working and, and things. And, and I think that's why I'm a little bit harder on my boys than I, I should be maybe. And I don't mean uh, angry or mean, I just think, Hey, listen, you know, you, you want something earn it and away you go. And, uh, yeah. And then, of course, the next day I'm the exact opposite because I didn't have a lot given to me. So, you know, you need it's the internal struggle, right? <laughs> well, when I was making bank doing comedy uh, as much, uh, nobody wanted for anything. None of my friends, not that I paid for everything all the time. And that's an exaggeration. I, I, I paid for things quite a bit because I had the money coming in. And now that I don't, uh, uh, it feels weird to not be buying stuff for everybody. But right. You're going to call in, hey, remember 22 years ago? Uh, <laughs> remember three years ago do you remember <laughs> <laughs> yeah so okay so you're by yourself in uh saskatoon yep were you making uh acquaintances buddies people you were hanging out with or were you just yeah, too busy I, I had my i was pretty busy i mean because i've always looked older than i was i mean when i'm 15 i was you know as tall as i was now 215 220 pounds and so everybody, everybody thought I was an adult. They treated me like an adult. Uh, when I was working at the moving company, I, you know, I was, I was running my own crew at 15. My old man had me uh, running a crew at 15, even though I couldn't drive any of the trucks or anything like that. So yeah. I got thrown into adulthood quite quickly, right? Yeah. So that it, and everything that came with adulthood, like drinking and, and, and uh, some drugs and stuff like that too, you know, just to fit in. You're bouncing at a, you're bouncing at a, a pub too that, one night was a uh, one night was a, a biker bar and the next day was a top 40 bar is it so still around this bar or? no it's not it was called senior frogs back in the day which was totally ripped off of of course uh, the senior frogs in in uh, mazatlan uh it was in the capri hotel and right. it was just a dive of a hotel with a pretty decent bar with great staff and the the best part was all the uh, stampede wrestlers used to stay in the hotel oh that's cool Oh yeah, nothing like uh, having to toss some guys out that want to beat you up and have guys like uh, Champagne Jerry Morrow and Bad News Allen and Kerry uh, Brown and the boys all and the and the Hart brothers and stuff like that all. Were you getting beat up? Like, were you able to handle yourself? Like, I I was able to handle myself. I I was able to handle myself uh, good enough that I have more scars on my hand and this face is still pretty. Right, right, <laughs> nice, <laughs> very good. Were you introduced to stand-up that way? Like, was there stand-up in this bar? No, you know what? I've always loved stand-up because I, I knew when I was about eight years old, I think, that I wanted to, to do stand-up. In our house, um, when people were laughing, then that was okay. When the, when the, when the, but the, the, one of the reasons I talk so much is that silence scares me because in our house, when it was quiet, that meant something was going to happen, right? That's the way that was. It was. It was the. It, when you hear a silent, you can almost hear that 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 uh, the fuse being lit. Right. right? Yeah. And uh, so I knew uh, when I was about eight is when we got cable. We used to have the three. The book we used to call Farmer Vision, right? Which was <laughs> CTV, CBC, and the French Channel, and nobody watched the French Channel uh, until you're 13, because that's when you find out there's naked people on the channel. As a <laughs> Right. I'll say no, but I like what I see. Yes. And so um, then I think we got seven channels or something ridiculous like that. And I watched Johnny Carson for the first time. And, and Dean Martin was on Carson making him laugh so hard he couldn't breathe. And then I and I and I watched it with my dad and I looked, I watched my dad laugh. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, that's awesome. And then being picked on all the time in school, I was already making jokes all the time on my own expense to save my ass, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was just a natural progression. I've always loved making people laugh to the bane of the existence of my teachers 
or to the adulation of the crowd, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. So it was television that introduced you to stand up. It was, yeah. Yeah. That. And then you know, uh, the Alan Thick show back in the day during the afternoons, we'd watch that. And then whenever there was stand up, I just sat and I was I was mesmerized by the cadence and the um and and, and the, the pattern that went with the joke itself, right? You can tell a joke in in a few lines if you need to. Mm-hmm. But you bring it out a little bit and you draw that picture. That's pretty awesome. Wow, yeah, I can already tell. Like you're just like very excited even just thinking about it. Like Yeah, I do. I get I get excited. I love a well-crafted joke. It doesn't matter who says it. I I love jokes that make no sense. And I I love jokes that come from nowhere, you know, and I and I love laughing either as me as the brunt of the joke or uh, right. just being a part of it there's one rule i do and i ho- i encourage other people to do it if somebody's telling you a joke and you've heard it before don't interrupt the people don't jump in with a punchline right you're being an asshole then don't yeah. let your ego watch the joy on the face of somebody telling you the joke if it's a racist joke a misogynistic joke or, or a joke it, it, shut it down straight away right mm-hmm. but when somebody's telling a joke, let them tell a joke. That 99% of the time, I've heard the joke before, at least once. Or I can see where the punchline is coming or whatever. Right, but it's right. not up to me, and it shouldn't be up to other people to show how smart you are by guessing the punchline. Yeah. Let the joy flow over the person that's telling the joke, man. Absolutely. Totally agree yeah. with that. So at some point... Uh, you, you you made your way to Red Deer because that's where you did your first stand-up. What, what happened between Sasquatch? Well, that was my first paid stand-up, actually. Oh, okay. So the, the way I got on stage, the very I don't remember which first day it was. I was bouncing at a pub in Calgary. I'd moved to Calgary to be security at the Olympics. And uh, what, what Olympics? The uh, 80, summer? 80, 88 <laughs> Olympics. Yeah, Summer Olympics. Or no, Winter Olympics, 88. So I went there and we were... Uh, and and I made some good friends there. And then there was a there was a there was a strip of clubs called uh, Electric Avenue. That's a bar and, too, right? Electric Avenue. Well, back in the day, it was a bar. Electric Avenue was one of the worst bars on the strip. But the whole strip was called Electric Avenue far before the bar was. Cool. So there was the Fox and Firkin. There was uh, Coconut Joe's. There was Banditos. There was the uh, 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 Fox and Firkin King's Head. Across the street was Three Cheers. Down the way was Dagan's. And then there was all, as you went further down, the rubber it got, right? And where were you doing security? I was I was working. I started at the King's Head and went to Fox and Firk. And then they were all, a lot of them were owned by the Claudio's group. And then I went across the street and uh, was working. I worked at almost all the bars in that area at the time. Yeah. And uh, one of the bars, they, were, they had a comedy night. And the opening act didn't show up. And I, they said, oh, Tazzy will do it. And I, because uh, we were different. We weren't the meathead bouncers. We had the, uh, the, uh, the three cheers back in the day. We had the dancing doorman. I, I, I was in charge of security and I hired guys that I know could have my back. Yeah. But weren't meatheads, had a sense of humor, would talk before they swung. Good. And I uh, hired my sensei's uh, son that, that happened to be there as well back in the day. And a whole bunch of guys. And we were just a, we were a big family. We, we were the dancing doorman and we, we would have, and it, we, we garnered respect by being tough, but also by being fair. And I, my rule was uh, five people to take somebody out, one for each arm, one for each leg if necessary, and one to open the door. You didn't open the door with somebody. The job wasn't to prove how tough you were. Right. The job was to keep the peace and keep everybody safe, right? So, yeah, yeah, I can see that the five guy theory. That's yeah, yeah. It was this the uh, now you said five guys and I'm hungry. It's, and you did dancing wow. teams, dancer teams. You were the dancing. Yeah, we were the dancing doorman, man. We would we would stand on speakers and that, and we would dance and we'd be silly and we wear costumes or whatever, whatever needed to happen at that time, right? We didn't have a Halloween party. We had Taz's mom's birthday. Right. And so I dressed up as a, I dressed up in a dress and, <laughs> and uh, we, we, you know, gave away shooters and it was just, it was ridiculous and a lot of fun. Right. For sure. And then one day um, somebody said, Hey, there's a comedy competition at the local club. And I entered and I, and I won one night and then came in second or something the second night. And then 
and I was hooked. I just loved it. And I did a show uh, and uh, they said, oh, there's another club in town called Jester's Comedy Club. I said, okay. Mm-hmm. And they, I was an amateur, rank amateur, and uh, but they needed a sound guy. So I, I, I worked the sound for the improv group and I had sound effects and things like that. And then I ended up getting on stage and uh, I loved it. And I couldn't, uh, there was an agent in town who was, a really crappy agent, but I didn't know and, and had crappy rooms, but I didn't care. I know. And uh, then I toured every bar in Alberta that had a microphone and some that did. It sounds like it happened pretty fast. Like from like the first time you're up there to like touring, you know, yeah. the within about a year, I was touring all over the place. I had stopped working and was just touring and doing what I could. And, and, uh, you know, and, uh, I loved it. I loved every moment of it for the, well, for the most part, I mean, there were times where you know the bars were tough and the and the the they didn't want comedy but they had to listen to it and they'd get drunk and there'd be fist fights or there'd be you know bottles thrown or there'd be mm-hmm. things like that i mean it, there's everybody's got road stories about Drayton valley everybody's got road stories about you know edson alberta and 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 things like that or fairview alberta if you if you talk to any comedian that ever toured in the 80s and 90s, you mentioned Fairview, Alberta. They'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, fair enough, right? But uh, one of the funniest ones, I think it was Edson, was working with a cat named um, uh, J- Damien James, a ventriloquist. Yeah. And yeah. I'm drinking. I was still drinking pretty good back then. And I, I'm drinking and I hear Taz, Tazzy, uh, Tazzy, help, Tazzy. And I turn around and this great big plaid wearing side of beef uh, was going after Damien on the uh, on the stage right. and damien's got his puppet and uh that and the guys damien goes listen whatever i said i'm sorry he goes i don't want an apology from you i want an apology from that mother right there and he points to the and damien without even thinking about it did the funniest thing i've ever seen he had his puppet look out at the guy and then the puppet looked back at damien and tilt the head of the puppet and then turn back to the guy very slowly and go with his with his puppy go, um, I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he wanted. He just wanted an apology. That's it. Okay, so we you were doing security and stand-up, or we did yeah. was there a point where okay, so you're doing it both at the same time. Yeah, the, what uh, would happen is the the club would let me go. There was an early show and a late show, and I would get a guest spot on both, and it was only a few blocks away. So I'd I'd um say I got to go and the manager was like yep go ahead and the owner was pretty cool about it went and did a show come back and uh you know work a few more hours and then go back and do the late show and come back and and close the bar down right right were people recognizing you uh while you're doing security as I the- did I uh I, yes there was a couple of times where uh I had to uh, throw out somebody that I had just made laugh. Yes, sir. <laughs> Can I get your autograph while you're like carrying him out the door? Okay. Autograph, so, I don't want to leave fingerprints on you. <laughs> so you're okay. So how long were you in uh, Alberta? Like, was it when it, at some point you left the security job, right? And then you yeah. went full time with the stand up. Yeah, I I can't tell you which. Uh, well, ninety one, ninety two, somewhere around there. I was I was started touring full time and and uh, doing what I could. I I I, I, I excelled the headliner quite quickly mm-hmm. and um, had no problems uh, doing that. And and uh, and the home yeah, base I, is Calgary. You're touring. Home base was Calgary, and then it was back to uh, I I. I uh, uh, I had broken up with a girl and, and lost my mind there, ended up in the psych ward for a little bit after trying to take my life. And, uh, oh my and God, so yeah. I ended up moving back with, uh, back to my parents' place actually, which was, we had sort of reconciled and, and, uh, tried to understand each other better. So I moved back to Saskatoon for a, a while and then moved out to Winnipeg, I actually went out to Winnipeg to do a show. Yeah. And, um, met a girl that I was in love with and uh moved here and I've been here I've been here for 28 years 29 years so where, where, where was the show that you first performed in in uh Winnipeg or Manitoba I'm assuming Winnipeg that was at uh, the Comedy Oasis in the uh the old Comedy Oasis that club is closed down now 
Wasn't that on St. Mary's? That was on St. Mary's. It was right. Yeah, it was I, old, uh, Al Golden's old place where it was supposed to be a uh, it was supposed to be an old folks home. They turned it into a comedy club. Whatever <laughs> you need, buddy. Yeah, you got an audience right there. It's well, that's exactly it. I like you very much. You know. Um, from what I remember of the comedy oasis, like, and I was there a few times before it closed yeah. down. Was it was it in the basement or was it not in the basement? No, that was it. Was on the main floor. The and the basement was the limelight. That was the karaoke bar back which in the day. Still, which still goes it still still is. It still yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, it's still going pretty quick. Uh, pretty quick. Full tilt is what I meant to say. So before you got to uh, Winnipeg doing stand up, what was the scene like in Calgary? Oh, it was, it was hot, right? It was there. The boom of the the comedy boom in the '80s spilled over to the '90s, and there was there was uh, hundreds of rooms that were doing comedy throughout Alberta, <clears throat> some of which actually should have been doing comedy. Mm-hmm. And there were some greasy agents, you know, the kind that you'd give a hug and they just shoot through your arms. And and uh, then uh, there were some really great agents as well. They're greasy turd agents, and then. I mean, I've been taken advantage of by uh, some great agents and and uh, been taken care of by some uh, kind of shady agents. So, right, it, it is what it is. It was part of the game back in the day, and 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 uh, we tried that now. If people tried that now, and there's still some pretty shady agents out there, but it's a little bit different now. There's not as many rooms. I mean, you could work every week. I mean, I, I would go on eight week tours or six week tours. Wow, uh, going out to um, do shows. I come back, and we had, you know, I got, I had gotten married, and we had a little kid, and I come back, you know, six weeks. She was pregnant, as you know, Shell was pregnant with with Joshy, and and I I would come back, and then I would hate myself for being gone for so long. And oh, absolutely, yeah, it's yeah. just and my mental illness was unchecked back then. Like I like it was uh, completely unchecked. My drinking was unchecked. Nobody knew I was drinking as much as I was, right? And well, you think uh, it's a requirement with stand-ups back in the day? Yeah, you know what? Back in the day, it was. I mean, back in the eighties, apparently. I, I remember guys telling me stories about them getting paid in coke and mm-hmm. and and that sort of stuff. I never, I never got into that stuff because I knew how addictive my personality was. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was. Uh, it, it was. It was a happy, sad time in my life, right? It was. Right, right. Uh, there was lots of anger, lots of fighting, lots of uh, lots of drinking, lots of self hate, lots of attempts of of you know just hating myself, man. Right. That took so a while you, for me to get better. And then you regrouped at your parents. Uh, you came to Winnipeg, and yeah. did, you, did you say you met a girl in Winnipeg? Or you? Yeah, I met a girl in Winnipeg. Actually, she went to the bathroom at the Comedy Oasis, and I had everybody go outside into the hallway. And then she came back in and everybody was gone. I said, hey, you and I should go on a date. And she's like, yeah, not a chance. And then uh, we did. So are you doing Oasis exclusively or is there any other rooms in the city? I guess there rumors would have there been. Wasn't, there was rumors at the time, but if you played Oasis, you didn't play the room or you didn't play rumors. It wasn't until a few years later that I uh, went to rumors uh, with my hat on my head. And uh, they uh, they said, oh, yeah, you can come MC if you want. I said, no, no, I want a headline. And they go, we don't you're not ready. You're, you're not up to our level of headliner. And I thought they were full of shit. And then I realized, you know what? They're right there. I wasn't, I was a bar comic. And then uh, there was an incident where I was on the road one day and a fight broke out on, uh, after the show. And I'm, I, we're, we're hammering on each other. And I just went, you know what? I'm done. I'm not playing another bar ever again, unless it's by my choice. I'm going home. I'm tripling my price. I'm going to do nothing but corporate. And I, I, I drove, I ended, I ended the run in the middle of the run. I just told the organizer that said, I'm not doing this anymore. I was in tears. I'm like, I can't wow. do this anymore. Right. I, I just can't. Right. I'm, ha- I, you know, we're, 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 we're fighting. And this guy's like, Hey, you're hurting me. You're hurting me. And I was what the hell am I doing? Yeah. So I got my little Honda Civic and I drove from uh, Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. And I drove back to uh, Winnipeg. And I didn't know what I was going to do, brother. I didn't know. I just knew that I wanted to do comedy, but I don't want to do bars anymore. It's, it's, and so I came up with an idea on the drive home and I implemented the next, the next day when I woke up, I had a, I had an idea that if I, uh, I called every charity and every time there was a charity mentioned, I wrote it down and I, and I phoned them. I said, Hey, you need an MC for your event. 
what is your budget? Oh, we don't have a budget. I said, listen, whatever your budget is, I'll do it for it. But you need to use my picture and yeah. my name and all the advertising. Holy crap. So the people saw me at these very high-end events, and then they started paying me for it. And I cleaned my act up as well. I used to be a screamingly dirty comedian. Really? And I just went, now, you know what? I'm not making any money being a dirty comic. And I talked to some guys and, and, and that, and they were saying, you know, corporate comedy is where you make the money. So do you want to make 500 a night or do you want to make 5,000 a night? Well, the answer to that's clear. So yeah. I cleaned my act up. I wrote different stuff. I, 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 you know, and then around the same time, I, I had an incident with my youngest son that made me realize that I'm a dad. I'm not, I can't be an alcoholic anymore. And I can't be, I can't be afraid of my mental illness. Uh, you know, I can't like it. I can't let it take my life and I can't let it run my life without me acknowledging that I'm letting it run my life, if that makes sense. There are days where my depression, my depression or my anxiety or, or, or that will, will run my day, but it's not going to run my life. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Depression can really eat up, eat you up from the inside. And hundred uh, percent. Wow. What and a, then keeping, keeping what it in, right? Keeping it in. That's like what it's a pressure. It's a pressure cooker, right? Also, it's got to go somewhere. So if you let it out on your terms, it doesn't explode on their terms. Yeah. But I just love that you had the self motivation to like cold call. Hey, if you need someone, I'm your guy. Who were the guys around at that time, like stand-up well, wise? There was there was lots of great stand-up. You know, there was uh, in town alone. There was John Youngberg. There was Dean Jenkinson. There was, um, you know, there was Jimmy Mack back in the day. There was, you know, there was and 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 then they would bring in some pretty amazing Brad Garrett and and uh, Dave Coulier from uh, Full House to. You know, to Jim Gaffigan, to uh, Gaffigan, you know, some pretty pretty amazing names, and you get to meet people. Some of the most famous people I got to meet were guys like Frank Gorshin, Frank Gorshin, who played the original Riddler on the Batman series. Absolutely. He took a, he took a liking to me, yeah. And yeah. Uh, he goes, "You have the funniest fart joke I've ever heard in my life." I go, "Thank you." He goes, "Don't ever use it on stage again. It's beneath you, right?" What? And so um, <laughs> fart jokes you say it are beneath you. Oh, you should fart jokes are beneath. And of course, I wanted to make a joke. Of course, it's beneath me. Where do you think farts come from? But, uh, <laughs> and uh, he was he was a guy that said, why do you wear jeans on stage? Why do you wear dress pants? I go, I don't own dress pants. He goes, huh, you not own dress pants? He says, come on, I'll get you dress pants. He goes, so I picked him up for lunch one day and yeah, he took yeah. me out and he bought me a pair of dress pants. And he goes, well, why don't you have dress pants? I said, because I got paid $20 or $25 a, an evening. That's what I get. Yeah. Wow. And then I said, I go, he goes, what are you going to wear with these dress pants? I go, I got a plaid. No, you can't wear it. Come on. So he bought me two pairs of dress pants, three shirts, a pair of dress shoes, and uh, some dress socks. Holy God. I had white socks. He dropped, and back in the day, he dropped like $175 or something. Wow. And, uh, he, and then he took me on tour with him a little bit, and, and we talked on a regular basis, and he, he said, I got some really great feedback from him he was you're so funny you stand on stage and you're just so funny yeah he yeah. said that you have what a lot of people can't don't have and that's the stage presence he says your material your, your material will uh your material will come he says but you i watch you he says you don't even have any material you just talk to the crowd for 20 minutes and then bring me up he goes i wish i could do that i gotta write all my stuff down right 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 was he a was he a, a comedian before Batman? I, I yeah, he was a comedian. He was an impressionist, amazing, an amazing impressionist. He, his one of his best friends back in the day was Jackie Gleason, right? So mm -hmm. there's such great stories that he 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 regaled me. It was awesome. It was great. You're now in Winnipeg. Uh, you have manager and agent and whatnot. So you're kind of like top of the top of the heap, as it were. Uh, yeah, in a, in a way, I mean, I was my own. I, I I had a number of agents, and I was my own manager, and um, at the time, and and uh, because I wanted to be in charge of what I did, right? And I, since there was no really no, I I would never work for Yuck Yucks. I never worked for any any you know anybody like that. So I had to make my own work. So I why was, did you why did you choose not to work for Yuck Yucks? There was no Yuck Yucks here at the time. I thought there was right? for a brief, very there brief was period. for a brief period, but I also knew the all I heard from my friends was how bad they treated the comics. Right. 
and how that you couldn't work for so-and-so and that was it. Yeah, and I went, that's, that's bullshit, man. You know what? I, I want to work for myself. And so I decided to live or die by my own sword. And uh, I started making calls and, and, you know, creating events and, you know, lying through my teeth to get uh, work sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I didn't have any, I didn't have any cre TV credits until I think 2001 or whatever it was uh, when the Winnipeg Comedy Festival put me on TV for the first time, right? Oh, is that right? Yeah, but I mean, I, 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 I told them, if you don't like my show, you don't have to pay me. You have to pay my travel no matter what. But if you don't like my show, you don't have to pay me. And I've never, knock on wood, I've never had to give money back. Uh, speaking of television, uh, you were on a series, Mixed Blessing. I was. Mixed Blessings was, uh, it was the brainchild of a, of, a, of, a, of a fellow that I had met. And we had done a documentary back in the day called uh, Stand Up Samurai where they followed us around to um, uh, to show what it was like to be a, a uh, like a road comic. Right. Well, they, 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 they pitched that idea to me four years before they actually did it. But by, by the time, by the time it got around to uh, shooting, I wasn't doing bars anymore. So I decided let's take these people to the worst bars I've ever played <laughs> and see if we can have some fun. And, and uh, they followed us for a couple of weeks, myself and another uh, comedian at the time by name, by the name of Dean Sabo, who uh, isn't doing comedy anymore too bad. Cause he's funny. Mm -hmm. But, uh, and they, they, we went to Rokenville, uh, Saskatchewan and, and all these little towns and, and, where through snowstorms and and through you know all kinds of stuff and yeah and, uh, then the, that same guy created a series called mixed blessings and uh, he goes he sent me the message and i've got add and i forget to do stuff so he sends me the script he says read the script read the bible the bible being the, the breakdown of the characters yeah and he says uh you know here's you know we think you'd be good for that part and then he phoned me. I said, yeah, I'd love to do it. He goes, did you read the part? I go, no. He goes, you don't know which part is yours? I go, no. So I read it. And the next day, the part's name was Taz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, wrote the part, they wrote the part just for me to be me. And uh, it, the writing was kind of okay. The first season got better. The second the second season, they brought in a, a fella uh, by the name of Francis Danberger, who was one of Paul Gross's best friends. Created so many, uh, created so many wonderful uh, series. Uh, he he was instrumental in directing Passchendaele and things like that. So of ilk. And then Franny and I, uh, Franny and I, took a liking to each other. The the uh, star of the show, Gary Basaraba, who you might not know the name, but when you see him, you go, oh, he's been in everything. Right, right. And, uh, and so we started, you know, started shooting. Uh, the second season, third, and then it was just it just sort of folded because it just it was a beautiful, lovely thing to to do, and it was a lot of fun. And and uh, I uh, I wish uh, I wish I would uh, do another one, but that's up to me to sort of make happen, I suppose. That's right. You got to make those cold calls to yes, TV sir. producers now. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I've been one thing that the pandemic has 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 taught me is how much I was just sitting on my ass and letting the work come in. I got pretty lazy, right? Right, right. And, I mean, it was just, I was busy all the time. I was busy, and now I was at a point where I could work one one show and have my mother, uh, have, my, have my mother, have my month covered, and my mother, I guess, I suppose, if I really wanted to. <laughs> uh, and so I was making bank and and, and uh, not saving, right? I was, the, I, was, I, was, I was the grasshopper, not the ant, right? So oh, that's like what that. the, uh, and that's what the pandemic is, you know, when we lost our dream house and, and my marriage at the, you know, and my, uh, all my toys and car, I realized what's most important is my boys and, and my, the love of my life now. And, uh, you know, I met somebody that changed my life. Uh, she's awesome. And Lisa's just fantastic. But I learned what's most important was my family. It wasn't my material things. wasn't all this other stuff. It wasn't showing off by buying people stuff all the time. It was me. It was my sense of humor. Yeah, and my my family boy, my boys, and I'd lost the love of myself, so I had to regain that because I was I was depressed for two years, right? Uh, and, and it was I just couldn't get ahead. And with with COVID, you would get okay, we're going to take a break. Okay, 
everybody, you know, we're going to open up again. Okay, here's some shows. And then they would they would cancel and you would be right back, like even further back than you were, right? Sliding down that icy hill. True, true. But you're also able to fill the time up creatively with your reading series. Yeah, right? that was Tazzy so reads, yeah. As he reads. Tazzy Reed stuff was one of my favorite things. I've always wanted to be a, a children's entertainer. One of my favorite people that is a friend of mine is Freddie Penner. And, and, and uh, I told him years ago, I wanted to be a, a children's entertainer and I love kids and kids love me. Like they really just love me. Yeah. And uh, my buddy sent me a message yesterday that his mom said, uh, cause he's got a young lad and uh, he said, she, he loves you because he can feel your love for him. And kids do. And I love kids, right? Yeah. So March, March rolls around. I've got no shows and I've got no shows in schools. I got no, I got no stand-up shows. Cause I usually, one of the things uh, I'm uh, known for is I go into schools and I talk to kids about uh, self-love and always being kind and, and uh, anti-bullying and, and uh, mostly self-love. And, and the people were online were saying, I don't know what I'm gonna do with my kids. Schools have just closed down. They're, they're going a little snaky, they're scared. So I thought, I, I put out there, I remember I actually just came up uh, March 18th of this year when I, I went out and I had said, because Facebook memories, right, from two years ago, yeah. came up and it said, I, I had said, hey, I was kind of thinking about reading to kids online. Do you think there'd be any interest? Well three, four, five, six hundred people. Yes, 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 yes. So I did. I started reading. I, I read at 10.30 in the morning. And then and, and then we ended up doing it at 7.30 at night as well. And um, I decided I was going to read. And, and I think, what, what are we at? Uh, 1,054 books as of yesterday. And I have a young lad that has not missed any of the readings. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's great, man. So rewarding too, right? Like being, it really is, right? But the audience, like you're doing it, but you don't necessarily see <laughs> anyone watching you, or is it like Zoom where you get to see? I've done a, I've done a couple of Zoom, like my one year anniversary and my one thousandth book. I uh, I did a Zoom where the everybody could interact, and it was beautiful, man. It was wonderful, and kids mm-hmm. were laughing. But for the most part, no, it's just me talking to a camera, watching some comments, and making some comments, and. And that, and, um, you know, the funniest line I ever heard was from, so my, my biggest fan, his name is Justin and he lives on, he lives on the artistic scale. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I looked at my, my, my one, uh, my very first, uh, YouTube or or whatever it was, we put, we put everything on YouTube. If you, if you YouTube and you, and you, and you go on YouTube and you go hashtag Tazzy reads, there's probably 400 episodes on there now. Right. But I had 5,000 views on one of my, one of the very first one. And I said, Hey, that's 5,000 people. And, and I don't remember if it was Justin or his mom said, or one kid with autism. Because he was watching them over and over and over again. Then I finally got to, you know, I actually went out and met him. And and he's now, he he sends me I love you messages. And he sends me, I save all these messages because uh, I need them for when my heart is confused or when my brain's not working or my, my gremlin takes over and says I'm a piece of shit, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. right. Knowing that you did, you put this out into the world and it's just uh, so appreciated, right? Like well, that, you know, and it's... I needed to do that to keep me from from spending the day pining for what wasn't happening. Right. For sure. Yeah. Yep. Uh, one more thing, and then we'll get into the money shot. Okay. okay. Uh, the man's money shot. Uh, you spent, what, 14 days on a roof in Saskatoon in a bar? Yeah, that was, that was a long time ago. I, I've always been very charity, charity oriented. I, I always think that if we don't give back as entertainers, if we don't give back to our, um, uh, if we don't give back to our community, why should we ask the community to support us? So that's one of the reasons that I do so many charity events. And that's one of the reasons that I, I really love uh, being involved in as many charities as I, uh, which I ones am. are you involved with? Sorry to interrupt, but which ones there are is, you involved with? I, you know what you, anyone that has a child in it is I'm involved with it. Uh, Habitat for humanity. I, I, I love that because they, uh, people go, oh, they're giving free houses. They're not. They, what they do is they, they waive the down payment and they give it a zero interest loan for uh, 15 years. 
So oh, that, that right? gives, a, that gives that. a family a chance to move into a house, yeah. a safe place, right? Right, right. And you have to do a, a few hundred hours of sweat equity as well. Mm-hmm. And it's just great. So there's that and the CNIB, Manitoba Blind Sports, anything to do with children, any mental health. What uh, were you raising money for when you were on the roof? Oh, the- I know, I know. Children's Wish Foundation. Children's Wish, that was it, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I believe it was Children's Wish, yeah. See, I've always been, uh, when, this is going to sound terrible, you're not allowed to judge my parents because my judging is for God and little children, and, and we're neither one of those. But I didn't want kids to go through what I suffered with ever. Uh, I wanted, kids deserve to be happy, kids deserve to be kids, and kids deserve to have the wonderment of the world at their fingertips and not have to worry about how their words are going to affect how they're treated by other people, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so I got picked on and bullied and beat up on a regular basis by adults and and students and 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 also embarrassed to to be having attention deficit disorder, embarrassed to have tears, embarrassed to be have anxiety and 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 be the big thick, you know, the fat kid with the big thick glasses and and that. And so the, one of the reasons I go into school is to teach these kids that no matter who you are, right. Just be the best version of you. That's it. And don't surround yourself with people that are making you feel bad because they do not deserve your friendship, Matt. Yes. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. We, we, we spend so much time, you know, making shadow puppets and trying to make people laugh for the people that don't matter. And we ignore the people that do. Right. Okay. Sure. And, that, and that's not just for kids. I, I watch adults. Oh, I don't like that guy. But you know what? He's, he's, he's this and this. And well, tell him to piss off, right? He doesn't deserve <clears throat> your love. Right. right? You, you know, there's, I, I t- you teach kids the forever people, right? There's forever people in your life. And those are the people that are going to tell you not what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. And you're going to get mad at them and you're, they're going to be friends the next day. And that's just the way it is. Right. And I always talk about ABK, always be kind, always be kind. Right. And we forget that it's so easy to be kind to people that are being kind to us. But when somebody's not kind to us, we, uh, you tend to that reflect doesn't... that you want yeah. the, you tend to match the, you do. I am a mirror of who's around me, but what yeah. I learned is that the people that are being grumpy need more love that's why they're grumpy yeah so i try to bite my tongue and, and i i've got a great sarcastic wit but and it can be very biting i mean i can i can i can make a you know i can make a hippopotamus cry if i wanted to I suppose but my job isn't to do that anymore because i was such an asshole in my previous life i'm full of love for almost everybody in the world yeah and and um i try to see the situation but we're not perfect right so what happens is our our hands right will 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 react and our, our mouth will react before our brain and our heart has a chance to. So I tell kids and I tell adults the same thing: apologize, try harder next time, and that's it. And the most yes. important person we have uh, forget to be kind to is ourselves because we talk the worst shit to ourselves we are so rude there's no way i would treat you the way i treat myself right because it's right. just it made me feel bad you are your worst critic i am my worst critic mm-hmm. right right and uh, you have tattoos i have tattoos right here one both of the tattoos the only two tattoos that matter on my body are the two that are on my arms right now and one was from a note that when i woke up having my heart after having my heart attack there was a note that said, I love you so much, uh, Daddy-o. And because my boys call me Daddy-o. Okay. And even at, even at 14 and, and 27, they both still call me Daddy, which is awesome. Yeah. They both still will hug and, you know, hug and I'll kiss them on the head and I'll hold them when they're sad. Right now, my oldest boy uh, is sick. Pretty pretty sure it's COVID. And he's upstairs and I'm, I got super going and, and we'll make some, you know, that's it. Because that's I yeah. love being a daddy, right? You're in dad mode. It's, one says, I love you so much, Dad, yo. And the other one says, I love you very, 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 very much, Daddy. XOXOXOXOX and a bunch of hearts. Both of these were drawn by my boys at around the same age. So I put them on my arms to remind me. And I put them where I could see them. I put them 
you know, on the inside of my forearm so that I can see them because I used to talk a lot with my fists and, and push away and things. Wow. And, and, and I put them where I could see them because when you're a daddy or you're a ma or whatever, right. Yeah. Your life's not yours anymore. Your life is nothing but an example that your children are going to follow. So they are tiny little echoes of who you are. So I can make a choice, right? Mm-hmm. I can make a choice to be who my father was, which wasn't a great dad. I mean, at the very end of his life, we got, you know, I came in one day, he was in the hospital. He, he had lost, you know, so much weight. He was probably under a hundred pounds, looked like a uh, hit my dad's head on a child skeleton, right? He was not very well and he was he was dying and I walk in and he was crying and I said what's up old man and he said and he cried and he, he just looked at me and he and I never see my dad uh, I've seen him cry a couple of times but this was uh and he said uh, I was a terrible father and everything inside me want to go your freaking rights roll the video and here here we go 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 and um uh instead I said you know what dad I think you did the best job you could with the tools that you had. And then he said, yeah, but you can't fix a blender with a rock and a, and a, and a brick, right. Or a hammer and a brick. Wow. And, uh, I, uh, I just said, um, you're right. And that's where we, we sort of made our peace. He passed a while later and, and that was, that was really important. Right. Wow, yeah. man. That's, that's incredible. So it was kind of like, um, Kind of like it all wrapped up, you know. It all wrapped up. I, I forgave, but I did not forget. Um, you didn't step on the punchline. No, I didn't. Right. I. I w- Sorry. Let me let me just say this. It's very important. Um, I forgave, but I didn't forget. You can forgive all you want, but if you forget, um, uh, what you forget, you'll forget the lesson. Right. Right. So I encourage people to forgive as much as possible. It's healing. But don't forget, because if I forgot, then I might be the same person that my dad was. And I didn't I didn't want to do that. Right. 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 Of course. No, that's that's great. And it wasn't until after my after my then this is a um, this is this is be another whole podcast about my pops. But it wasn't until after he died that my my uncle let me know how his life was and it was horrific the abuse that he took and that and 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 uh and if he had just let me know what had gone on his childhood and his life i probably would have been able to have a um you know a relationship with him that wasn't you know with big giant holes in it yeah better understanding the bridge would be there well the bridge would have been there and you know and now he couldn't get help for his mental illness. He couldn't get help for his abuse. He couldn't get help for his anger. He couldn't get help for his alcoholism. He could because it wasn't all available, right? Right. Yeah. Be a yeah. man, right? Grow a pair, you know. Yeah. Men don't cry, that sort of thing. That was what he grew up with. And guess what? That's why I am the way I am, because guess what? Men do cry. I have a pair, right? And I am a man. But how about this? Be compassionate, love yourself, and cry when you need to. It doesn't make you less of a man. Not at all. No, I fully agree. And uh, man, did he uh, turn out something great? I got to say, Taz, you're a pretty amazing guy. Oh, thank you. I appreciate the kind words, my friend. Let's do it. Let's go for it. We're going to do the Mental Money Shot. 100 questions in five minutes. This is one of the toughest things you'll ever do in your whole life. (laughs) I did a setup once. (laughs) it's a little tougher so the idea is rapid fire 100 questions easy this or that uh fill in the blank what's your favorite right try not to take too long thinking about it 90 percent of your answers have to be somewhat truthful Uh, i'm not going to call you on it of course but um it just can't be (laughs) just can't say gibberish you know like yeah let's get at her man let's get at her big daddy taz Yes, sir. Or Manitoba Money Shot. Oh, we're gonna walk down to $22.08. And then we burn in hell. Hail Satan! Name a Winnipeg movie theater. Uh, uh, St. Vital Cinemas. Name a Winnipeg bar. Uh, the old Palomino. Name a Winnipeg restaurant. 
Uh, A&W because it's everywhere. Name a Winnipeg park. Uh, St. Vitale Park. Name a Winnipeg band. Uh, Biff Naked. Pick a number between 1 and 10. 13. Broccoli or cauliflower? <laughs> Broccoli all day long. 13 is not a number. I'll go with 7. Bananas or apples? Uh, bananas all day long. Rice or put or potato? Uh, potato. Favorite salad dressing? Uh, Italian. Favorite soup? Uh, tomato. Girls Homemade. just want to have what? Say again? Girls just want to have what? Fun. Boys don't blank. Uh, cry. Name a Grammy winner. Uh, Lionel Richie. Name an Oscar winner. Uh, Brad Pitt. What would you buy at Dollarama? Uh, stuff for a dollar. How do you like your coffee? I hate coffee. Maybe. It's gross. Uh, what favorite subject in school? Uh, it was art. Name a movie you purchased. Uh, Pulp Fiction. Name a member of the band Kiss. Uh, Gene Simmons. Name a Star Wars droid. Uh, C-3PO. What do you bring to the beach? Uh, my ass. Name a John. John, uh, John, uh, John, John, John Hancock. <laughs> Name a Betty. Uh, Betty Boop. Name a Chris. Chris Rock. Name a Sarah. Sarah McLaughlin. Name a Beastie Boy. Uh, I don't know one of the Beastie Boys. What goes in the freezer? Uh, things that you need to keep really cold. Name something round. My belly. Do you have a driver's license? I do. Do you have a fishing license? I do. Do you have a hunting license? I don't hunt. Name a painting. Uh, uh, a Starry Night by uh, Starry Night. Name a book. Uh, uh, Archie. Name a record album. Uh, Love Gun. Name a black and white film. Uh, Angels with Dirty Faces. Watch it. It's the best. Wow. Name a breakfast cereal. Uh, Checks. What do you put in an omelet? Eggs, probably. Name a Marvel superhero. Uh, Spider-Man. Name a DC superhero. Batman. What do you put on your toast? Uh, anything I want. Probably name, butter. Start. Name, name a sport with a racket. Uh, tennis. How often do you shave? Uh, whenever I feel like I need to be outside. Can you play guitar? No, I cannot. Can you play piano? No. Can you play bongos? Uh, everybody can play bongos, dude. <laughs> can you play the drums? Everybody can play the drums. I just can't do it well. Can you sing? I can sing, but I'm terrified to do so. Name a musical. Uh, Oklahoma. Name a 3D movie. Uh, coming at you. Halfway done. Name a science fiction movie. Faster. Uh, Star Wars. Name an 80s comedy. Uh, twins. Name a baseball movie. Uh, League of Their Own. Name something blue. My heart. Name something red. My heart. Name something green. My envy. <laughs> Name something yellow. Uh, the sun. Name something brown. Uh, whatever I ate on my toast. <laughs> Name something purple. Uh, my shirt. Name something pink. Uh, another one of my shirts. Where would you find a flag? Uh, probably on a flagpole, generally. How much money is in your pocket? Right now, $65. Name a DJ. Uh, DJ Honeycut. Last place you ordered a pizza? Uh, Santa Lucia. What toppings were on it? Uh, ham, pineapple, and uh, hot peppers. Can you cook? Yes, amazingly. Can you, can you dance? I can, but nobody wants to watch. Can you juggle? I cannot juggle. Can you whistle? I can whistle a wee bit. What would you name a horse? Uh, with no name. Pie or cake? Pie all day long. Plane or train? Plane. Bacon or sausages? B bacon. Favorite fruit? Bananas. Favorite vegetable? Oh my God. Uh, 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 broccoli. Name a Manitoba city. Gotta pick it up, one minute. Brandon. Name a Manitoba town? Uh, uh, Verdon. Name a Manitoba road? Uh, Highway one. Name a Manitoba lake? Uh, Lake Manitoba. Last concert attended? Uh, Stray Cats, probably. Name a Winnipeg Jet. Alan uh, 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 Buff. Name a Winnipeg Blue Bomber. Uh, Albie Khan. Name a Winnipeg Mayor. Uh, 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 Bowman. Name a business on Corridon Avenue. Uh, it used to be Blockbuster. It's not there anymore. Business on Osborne Village. Uh, the zoo, but it's gone. Name a podcast. 30 seconds. Uh, this one. Na na name a dice game. Uh, Yahtzee. 20 seconds. Favorite toy as a child? Uh, evil Knievel. Favorite toy as an adult? Uh, evil Knievel. Name a nut? Uh, cashew. 10 seconds. Name a local bar? Uh, Palomino Club. It's Who called... does your laundry? Me. Mac or PC? Um, PC Mac. Name an actress from Charlie's Angels. Ah, shoot. That's it. <laughs> Damn it. Jacqueline <laughs> was... Smith. Yes. Oh, man.
That was 94. That was one of the closest ones. Oh, breaks my heart, Taz. It's the highest mark I've probably ever got my entire life, right? <laughs> and so, uh, you know what? I, I, you can blame me and I'll blame you, but together we did what we did. So That's right. Excellent. Well, thanks again. No worries, bud. Thank you. It was it was awesome to get on. I'm glad I was able to finally get here, man. Yeah. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. That'd be fantastic. For sure. For sure. Okay, bye.